Welcome to day two of our look through Colossians 3 and daily drive time devotions. We're going to focus on verses 3 to 11. I said yesterday as we began our study of this chapter that it's a chapter all about how do you live this new life that Jesus Christ has given you. And we talked yesterday about setting your heart, setting your mind on things above. Once you've done that, what do you do next? Well, verses 3 and 4 tell us. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. How do I live out this new life that God has given me? Well, first, I set my heart and mind on things above. And then second, I see myself. Well, the Bible says here that I see myself as dead and alive. I died to some things, but I also am alive to some things now. I'm both dead and alive. For you died, and your life, your new life, is now hidden with Christ in God. Now, what do these verses mean? When you begin to understand them, you begin to understand how to live out this, this new life. What does it mean for this new life to be hidden with Christ in God? Well, it, it means simply this. It means that when God sees you now, he sees you as in Christ. He doesn't see all your sins and faults and failures. No, the moment you accepted Christ as your Savior, and if you haven't done that yet, you can. There is no time in any of our lives in which God has abandoned us. Sometimes we turn our back on him, but he has not abandoned you. There is still time for you to accept Christ as your Savior. And once you accept him as your Savior, once you begin a relationship with him, then the Bible says your, your life is now hidden with Christ in God. That's a place of great security incredible security. And when God looks at you now, he sees Christ. He sees the glory and the goodness of Christ. What, what does this mean for your life to be hidden? When God sees you, he sees Christ. What it means is, well, there, there's two key words to understand, substitution and identification. Two things that happened at the cross to you, substitution and identification based on your faith in Christ. You see, Christ not only died for us on the cross, that's substitution. He paid the price for your sins. He substituted himself and died for you, died the death that you should have died on the cross. He not only died for us, but the Bible teaches us that we also, in one sense, died with him. That's identification. Now, what does this mean, for you died? Uh, in one sense, we all want to check our pulse and we say, no, wait a minute, I'm, I'm still alive. Yes, physically we're still alive, but spiritually there is something in us that died the moment you began a relationship with Jesus Christ. What is it that died? We're going to talk about that more specifically in a minute. But overall, what died is this, this call of sin in your life that you cannot say no to. What died in your life is the call of the worldly, selfish way of doing things that is the only way that you know. Now you have a different way to live, a new way to live, the new life that Christ has given you. As a picture of this, a couple of sisters came to know Christ and they before they were believers, went to a lot of wild parties. They got another invitation to a party, and they sent back this response. We regret to inform you that we cannot attend because we recently died. They were talking about this spiritual death that's talked about here. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Now, what does this mean in a very practical, real way for everyday life? Let me read for you verses 5 and 6, and I think it'll begin to become more clear. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Now, I want you to notice, in verse 3, it says, you died. But here in verse 5, it says, put to death. Now, wait a minute, if I'm, if I'm already dead, why do I need to put something to death? 
He says, put to death this earthly nature. That's the selfish way of doing things. That's saying yes to temptation and not being able to say no because you know that that's the only thing that will make you happy. You're wrong, but in your mind, that's the way that you think. Now, the question in these verses is, for our practical everyday lives, is why do I have to put to death that which is already dead? I wouldn't swat a fly that was already dead. He's telling us here how to live our new life. You take the truth about what Christ has done in his death and resurrection, and you apply it to the way that you think and act in everyday life. And the motivation here is, I have died in Christ, and I'm alive now in Christ. I've died to the old ways of doing things, and I'm alive to the new ways of doing things. And so I focus on the new way of doing things. My motivation for the spiritual life that God wants me to lead is not becoming something I'm not. I'm going to try to become a better person, try to become a better Christian. No, my motivation is living up to what God has already made me to be. He's already given me a new life in Christ, and he's already spiritually put to death that old way of living. Now, I know it may not feel that way to you right now. It certainly doesn't to me and to most people that I talk to. We still feel that old way of living. And and we don't feel as much as we would like that new way of living. But God is saying here, this is the truth about you. Whether you feel it or not, the truth about you is, I have put some things to death in your life, and I've brought something to life in your life. And you're going to see it when you get to heaven, when I reveal my son in glory. But right now, you can begin to live it by faith. You'll live it by faith. I know, there's a bit of a paradox here because we don't feel dead. It's like the teenager who said, I've died, I've died to the old ways of sin, I wish God would inform my hormones because I don't feel dead to those old ways of sin. Sin is still real, it's still tempting. Sin hasn't changed, but you have changed in Christ. This is not just a new teaching that I'm giving you here. This is the teaching that you're a new person in Christ. Why is this important? Because the order of how you live this new life is vital. First, you put faith in God for who you are, and then you act upon that faith. I see a lot of people trying to live up to some new kind of way of living, be a new person without first believing in God for who they are. It all begins with faith. And here's the faith part while I'm on this earth. I consider something dead in my life, that old experience, that selfish experience, and I consider something alive, the new life that God has given me. Now, what does dead mean? It doesn't mean it no longer has any voice or influence. It only means that it does not have the power to force you to sin. It's somewhat like a person who has died. If an important person dies in your life, they can still influence your life, maybe for the rest of your life, but only if you choose for them to. Sin can still tempt you, but sin cannot force you. Now, what died He gives a list here. It's not an all-inclusive list, but he says immorality died and impurity died and lust died and evil desires died. All of those things died. In verses 7 and 8, he adds to the list. Listen to these verses. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all these things, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. There's another part of the list. Now, it's interesting that there's two lists here, one, immorality, impurity, and lust, the other, anger, rage, malice. G. Campbell Morgan called this second list the sins in good standing. Oh, lying and slander, we say those aren't quite as bad as lust and evil desires and greed, but God puts them all on the same list right there together beside each other in Colossians because they all come from our selfishness. We look at this list and we think, wait a minute, can... Can these things really be put to death? You cannot stop the temptation. 
which means the desire to do these things. It wouldn't be a temptation if you didn't desire to follow it. You cannot stop the temptation, but you can put to death the thinking that you need to do these things, you have to do these things, and the choice, the action of doing these things. Now, do I do that once for all? Is there some way of thinking where it will never tempt me again? Absolutely not. This is a day-by-day experience of faith. And let me just remind you that this putting to death of the old way of living and beginning to live the new life of Christ, it is not, it is not a matter of your willpower. Now, you do have an action to take, but it's not your willpower trying to get better. It is God's power. It's the action of faith. You trust in what only God can do. Here's how this works. Colossians 3, 9 to 11. Do not lie to each other, since you've taken off your old self with its practices and you put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. Here, there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. You want a practical picture of this, Paul says? It's like taking off the old and putting on the new. Daily growth in my life as a Christian, it's a simple two-step process. Take off the old, put on the new. And it's not a one-time process. It's a daily, throughout-the-day process. I do it again and again and again and again. Repeat it throughout every day. Put off the old and put on the new. Now, the test of whether I'm doing this is, am I beginning to think and act in new ways? Not am I perfect. You're not going to be perfect while you're on this earth. But am I beginning to think and act in new ways? Put off the old and put on the new. A child comes in, they've been playing in the mud. They need to get cleaned up. What do they got to do? First, they got to put off the old, put off the dirty clothes, then they got to put on the new. God's made you a new person. But how do you live that out in everyday life? You put off the old and you put on the new. Maybe you need to do that today. You do need to do that today. Let's do it right now. In prayer, let's just talk to God and say, Jesus Christ, right now, I choose to put off this old way of thinking, whether it's anger or lust or greed, or selfishness, or slander, immorality, bitterness. Jesus, I choose to put off this old way of thinking, not by my willpower, but by faith in you and that you've made me a new person in Christ. And Lord, if I have to make this choice a hundred times today, I'm going to come back to you again and again and put off the old, and I want to put on the new. I want to think like Jesus. I want to act like Jesus. I want to be the kind of person that you want me to be. Lord, I realize you love me for who I am. So I'm not coming for you to accept me in a new way. I am coming to you. I want to put faith in you so I can live out the new life you've already given me. I put faith in you, Jesus, that you can make me into the person I never thought I could be. I don't even think maybe I could be today, but you can do something in me that I could never do in myself. I put faith in you for what you've done in me on the cross and through your resurrection. In your name I pray, amen.